go. <laughs> say it. Say it. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Mean it. Say it again. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Well, not sexy, like real. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. It's the Boogie Monster uh, with Kyle and Dave. Hey, everybody. So, last week, we Uh really tried to talk (laughs) about time travel. (laughs) Yeah, we tried to. It got away from us. Ironically. Where does the time go? Yeah, yeah, that's ironic. The time question got away from us. It went to this week. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week we got, uh, we got uh, ironically, we were consumed by the Waparito <laughs> as opposed to the other way around. And also, it was uh, recorded in the wee hours after a couple of them uh, adult pops. Yeah, that was, our, that was our first time recording uh, late at night, too, so that may have had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, we, we, got, uh, we got a little weird on that one. Mm-hmm. But hey. Uh, we're back this week, and we promise we're going to focus. Time travel is going to happen. There's still going to be some bullshit before we get to it because it wouldn't be the boogie monster without it. But I'll be damned if we're not going to talk about traveling through that uh, through that uh, fabric of uh, of what uh, exists. What could yeah, you know what I'm saying? There you go, good one. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. All right, man. What's uh, what's 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 happened with you? You got uh, I had a good week. Yeah. Just uh, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. I did want to tell you about. Uh, I'm, I'm suffering with a condition. Yeah, I uh, seems that I've got a pretty severe case of puppy fever. Got that puppy fever, man. <laughs> I get it, dude. I got, I got. You dog should fever. explain that it's literally you want to have a dog because, mm-hmm. like, there's puppy play in the gay community, and you wear oh, really? masks and you put butt plugs that are shaped like dog tails. That sounds ass. made up. No, it's not. So that's what I'm just saying. Oh. I mean, like puppy fever, it could be construed. Well, I didn't know I had to specify. Well, I mean, just just to clarify for the <laughs> listeners, it's a real thing where uh, you get little hooves. Huh. Hooves paws. You get little paws. You've done shows at Pleasure Chest out here. Yeah, but I didn't see any. There's a, there's a, there's a comedy show. At a sex store called the Pleasure Chest on Santa Monica Boulevard. That's the thing. You go in there, and right by where the show is, it's like all the novelty, like dick straws and fun pasties, and oh, these gummy bears are have big dicks or whatever. I don't think that's out there. That'd be funny. What if gummy be bears funny. just had little dicks on them? But you didn't tell them they were just the regular brand gummy bears, and it just somebody at the factory is like, I'm giving these all little dicks. I love that weird subliminal stuff. Um, How's my kids supposed to eat these little bears when they got dicks on them? This is, but, but what I was saying, go into that back room over there. Yeah. And oh, boy. Eh, yeah. Oh, boy. It's, it's scary. It is. There's a lot of stuff. It's like a real showroom. There's a lot of... It's like it's like a real like like chrome and leather fuck Ikea back there. There's so, <laughs> much, so many pieces of furniture that you wouldn't know where to sit on if you weren't already, if somebody didn't clue you in. Yeah, that's and just I a- think they have the, ma- like, the... You wear a dog mask and little a, a, a paw slippers God. and a and a thing in your butt. It just so, seems like a lot pick, of effort. You could pick which breed of dog to like to the tail and the face will match. That's what I always wondered yes. if people would get like upset if like, well, oh, that's a... Doberman face, but this is clearly a tail of a 
uh, Chihuahua. This is a whole new world. Yeah. I didn't know. Not to demean the fact that you were just honestly, you'd like to have an actual dog. Yeah. I was just talking about. Yeah. No. I I want a dog. I mean, I want 10 dogs. I get it, man. I want 10 dogs and 10 cats and a couple of pigs. I think, well, that sounds like you really just want to settle down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do want livestock. You want to. I seriously like if I ever have land, like meaning just a backyard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a couple of goats or pigs or something back there. Why so not? What? Well, cause well, all right, just to hang out with. Man, there's other animals that are better to hang out with. I'll hang out with all of them. What's wrong with a pig or a goat? There's See, a little baby goat, with- those little pygmy goats. That'd be cool. Just have a little pygmy goat pigs, running around. Like, oh, those little tiny pigs seem great. Goats. <laughs> You ever seen a goat shit? It's so, like, it's all little pebbles, but they come out in a giant. It's like somebody just, like, picked open a shotgun shell and all of it just falls out of its ass. Wow. It's, they're friendly. Well, the, the one case where I was hanging out with goats, they were nice. Huh. But they got them devil eyes, man. That one case when you're hanging out with goats, explain that. I was, uh, it was years ago with a woman I used to date whose friends had a ranch. Up north in Cal- northern California, and they had goats, and you'd just go sit on a rock, and the goats would come by and be like, what's up? And then all the goats would just do the same thing as whatever the main goat. Oh, yeah? It's like, oh, we're hanging out with this guy? All right, let's hang out with this guy. And then all of a sudden, you're just <laughs> surrounded by goats. You're like, yeah, you, guys, you guys are all right. <laughs> oh, man. Giant box of Cocoa Puffs gets shaken out of your backside. I remember that picture you showed me, what, about a year ago uh, when you went and played with the otters? Man. That was pretty cool. That was, I can't think of like what has brought me more unadulterated glee than having otters run over. And they're little demons. Like yeah. You could see it in their eyes. They just, <laughs> it's like food and fucking. Like that's, they're animals. Yeah. That's, there's no, you can see in a dog's eyes or even a cat's eyes. If, 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 even if it doesn't have effects, like a cat, when it's rubbing its head on you, it's just putting its scent on you to mark. But it's still like it feels affectionate. And the otters, even though they run all over you, it's like, is there food anywhere in your in or on your person? You said they were pulling open your, they your mouth. They reach in your mouth. They just straight – like you're in, you get in a pool with them in your swimsuit, just grab your dick with their little tiny hands. Just straight up like, what is this? Can I eat it? No, it's attached to this thing and move on. It's hilarious. Just a little otter grabbing your crank. Oh man, you uh, you you were suffering with a bout of puppy fever not uh, long ago. Man, How come always, you haven't pulled the trigger on that? Because I, I wouldn't be fair to the dog. It wouldn't be fair to the dog. Like, what 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 life am I going to give a dog? Like, all right, here, welcome to this apartment. Anyway, I'm going to be gone all the time. You take him out in the jeep. Y'all go four wheeling. Have you, you little partner? What? I can't. I don't want to be weekend dad to the dog. Yeah. I mean that's yeah I get it that's you know? exactly why I don't have one yet so. yeah we, we we know I gotta I gotta settle down get my my life together and get some She's get some sign, animals that dog walking website Rachel was talking about what was it called Rover Rover yeah. and you sign up it's like uh, it's like uh, Uber but for dogs yeah you just pick drive them around I hang might, out with them I might start doing that you do that man I, mm. I understand it though I get it yeah I get it they're out there they look fun I've been rubbernecking I'll be yeah. driving by just I used to rubberneck at ladies. You know, just, oh, hey, look at her. And now I'm just doing that with dogs. Like, every dog. I'm just like, hey, look at that one. Yeah, but you're just not waking up to your stuff all peed on. Yeah, that's true. I I used to have dogs and and cats, but, uh, yeah, not anymore. I got to change that. Listen, we make sacrifices for our art, Dave. Mm -hmm. 
I guess I think, so. I think maybe this is our, uh, our, like, you know, we're not having a biological clock of, like, having kids, but finally almost 40 is like, I really like to take care of something. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. Shit. <laughs> I think that's what Probably it is. Probably look after that. It's my, handle that much. My version of the uh, biological clock ticking. I get it, oh, man. man. Did you eat anything good this week? Uh, what did I eat this week? I had, I didn't do anything crazy. I had, I went to make, I got, no. No, no I didn't. I didn't do anything. Good? I've no, been on a. It's been, been it's been boring. Like it's been boring. I bought groceries. I had mm-hmm. a spinach salad. Mm. Just trying to be better. Really, you need, you need really, me to cook something for you, Kyle? Blow out. No, no, no. I'm just. Sometimes you got to clean it out. I told you I took that psyllium husk, which yeah. that will blow up your whole asshole. Really? That stuff. Well, okay. The incident after the Waparito when I showed up at Rachel's house. <sighs> that was funny. And you, I saw the look in your eye. I. You were driving. I was like telling you to like take it easy on the curves. Like that's how much of just a fragile, just a just a a Faberge egg. Yeah, that was a full blown emergency. <laughs> and I got to her house. I bought her a shake. Yeah, and she opened the door. She's like, "Oh, hey, how's your diet?" Like, take this bathroom time, and I just <laughs> walked past. And she lives in a studio. Like that's so unfair to her. Yeah, that you gotta my, have a buffer. My body is this, and then it's just she just lives in just a room where I have to tell her to like, hey, yeah. why don't you listen to some music? Does she at least have? I have a to fart tell, fan? Like, I have to do it like when people like are being investigated by the FBI in case there's bugs in the house. Like, turn on the stereo, and then I can cover your mouth while you we talk. We could have a talk. Yeah, we could chit chat. You're like Joe Pesci and De Niro sitting on a park bench. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I was like, yeah, turn up the TV real loud, then we can get this, get some business handled. Does she at least have the fart fan in the bathroom? She's she just a patient woman. You got to have some sort of even, a good patient some woman. auditory distraction. If uh, if I have to do that in a in a bathroom that doesn't have a, a fan, I'll just turn the water on. I'll just waste forty gallons of water. Uh, see what's I mean? I'm not. I'll I'm I'll live. Mm-hmm. But the drought's real, Dave. You yeah. gotta take that seriously. Eh, it's just you know when there's ladies involved, you gotta. <laughs> yeah, but she's. Gotta... And we've been together for a stretch. <laughs> Not that I want to get so comfortable. Like, you can see like where guys like oh she loves it when I fart around. Or it's like yeah. no, you've just beaten her down enough to where she <laughs> has to deal with it. Oh man, I try to like. I still don't want it to be a regular thing. I'll, I'll make jokes like I'll still leave the room. Not oh, at her house because yeah. there's no room to leave. Uh huh. But over here, and I'll like act like the, it was the refrigerator or something. So I'll just like I'll leave the room and then just oh had ice machine. Oh. It was really a that ice machine needs a little oil. Those Tennessee barking spiders. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, that mi- that microwave door. Something about that microwave door doesn't sound right. <laughs> that at least you make it fun. At least make a little game out of it. Yeah. But I don't. There's game. no need. I don't want to condition her to expect. Yeah. Like, I know what I am. I know my capabilities, and I don't need to subject her to that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been with a lady where I was so comfortable to where that was just the norm. Like, I was with a gal for nine years, and I, I don't remember just sitting around casually ripping toots. No. You know? It's not. Yeah, it's going to not be cute anymore. Yeah. It's going to not be. That's why you got to keep them, keep them as a surprise. Keep them fun. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of toots, I... uh. I've been, I've been on an egg kick. Speaking of toots? Yeah. 
I bought a uh, bought a speaking of which, remember uh-huh. that from speaking, last yeah, week? Yeah, speaking of which, I I splurged and I bought the two dozen flat of eggs, the whole the square. Oh, the heart attack rack. Yeah, the heart attack rack. <laughs> got the got the two dozen. So I've just been eating a bunch of eggs. And uh, dude, two a day, three a day. Uh, yeah, probably. Two, I'll eat two or three uh, per, at a serving, and then you know, usually just one serving. A what day. you doing to them eggs, man? I've got this new technique, tickling them eggs that I've been perfecting, and uh, I'm not going to take credit for it. I didn't invent this. I, I saw this on a cooking show or some cooking website, but it's a French technique of scrambled eggs. They know what they're doing. Yeah. So let me explain this to you. You you make scrambled eggs, right? I think I even fucked those up. I kind of, you know what it is? I try to make fried eggs and then something goes wrong. I'm like, scrambled. And I just push the <laughs> spatula around. Now you're scrambled like, like it's a punishment. See, yeah. you fucked it up. Now you're scrambled. Yeah. Little assholes. It's hard to screw up scrambled eggs. Trust me, buddy. But it's even harder to make really good ones. All right. Here's what I do this French technique. I've been doing it for uh, a recipe that's like, it's, it's hard to screw this up. Yeah. And then just there's just a picture of me eating them off the floor. Like, <laughs> I did it. All right. Here's the French style, French technique of scrambled eggs. Yeah. All right. First of all, get rid of your frying pan. Usually when you think scrambled eggs or basically any eggs, you think frying pan. Put that aside. Right on the floor. Get you a good saucepan. Something you'd cook some soup or... A sauce, a stew, or or maybe even a sauce, like a sauce. Yeah, like a sauce, so- like a like a let's, let's call it a sauce what, pan. So what what's the difference between a sauce pan and, and just other pans? Size or composition? Both. Like um, I don't know how to sauce pans like a little pot, right? Yeah, like a little pot okay. as opposed to just a more flat pan, get shallow. Yourself, okay, get yourself yeah. a little pot. Yeah, a, a deeper like a little pot saucepan. All right, you get that. <clears throat> all right, first of all. Get rid of the vegetable oil, oil. Get rid of the spam, not spam, a uh, Pam, the spray. Get rid Fuck of all off, that. Fuck off, Pam. Fuck off, Pam. Get out of here. Vegetable oil. Butter. All right? Butter. Always butter. With whatever you're cooking. You're about to Paula Dean this whole thing, aren't you? Always butter. All right. Here's what you do. Get your saucepan. Get you a good rubber spatula. Not a wooden spoon, not a metal spoon, not not a scooping, you know, skillet style spatula. The nice uh, rubber tipped. Uh, what is, know what you're kinda, saying? Kind of looks like a, they can't see what you're doing with your hands. Yeah, right now, Dave. exactly. Dave's I was making the shape of a rubber <laughs> spatula. <laughs> get you a nice saucepan, <laughs> nice rubber spatula. Get you a pat of butter. Put that uh, medium to low heat. All right, get that going. When the butter starts to melt, take your eggs. Now, typically with scrambled eggs, you'd crack them into a bowl and then whisk them up. Not me. Yeah, not you. But you don't have to do that with this technique, all right? Crack the eggs directly into the pan. Then you take that spatula and you just constant, slow, constant motion. Again, I'm making gestures. You're making, yeah. Describe what I'm doing. sounds like more effort than I would ever put towards scrambled eggs. I'm telling you, it's worth it. All right. Scrambled eggs, I put the eggs in the thing and Scramble them. All right. Slow, steady motion, medium to low heat. But here's the – it takes a while. It take, I mean, literally it takes about 15 to 20 minutes right. to get these done because you're working on low heat. But then the other – Recipes take the, 15 to 20 minutes. The other technique – goddamn scrambled eggs. All right. Pan, <laughs> spatula, butter, eggs directly into the pan, slow, steady stirring with that spatula. And while you're doing that, you want to go about 30 seconds with it on the eye Dave's making a stove. clockwise motion with his hand. 30 seconds on the stove. Still stirring, then 30 seconds off the stove. 
still stirring. 30 seconds on, this still is... stirring. So on, you want to on and off that heat. You want to manipulate that heat. Is this, is this uh, French style because it's annoying <laughs> as fuck? Is that why it's French? Hey, <laughs> I don't cut corners when it comes to food. All right? So my point is, on and off the heat. The whole time, you never stop stirring. A All nice, right. steady, slow stir. But 30 seconds on the heat, 30 seconds off, back and forth, back and forth. It's going to take you about 10, 12, 15 minutes. Um, and then right towards the end, here's the kicker. All right? This, I didn't learn this on no, on, on no video or show. This is, this is a Dave this special is here. Ingenuity. Get you some French onion dip. Get you that little thing of French Ooh. onion dip, little cold sour cream I shit. get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toward, when you're almost done, when those eggs are almost cooked, almost ready, right when you like them, how you like them, get you a nice scoop of that onion dip, throw that in there, and just kind of mix that all in there, get those eggs all all incorporated with that onion dip. Because you can put some dairy into egg. That's where I thought I was going to be wet. Like the one I did try to cook some, I was like mm-hmm. making eggs. And I'm like, oh, if you put a little milk or something, it makes them fluffier, but I didn't have any milk. So I put uh, ranch dressing in it. Ooh. That's that's a bold move. Yeah, it was bold. It tasted like I put ranch dressing and some eggs. Mm-hmm. But something about the French onion dip, the the flavor of that really complements the Is eggs. Is that why it's French? Well, it doesn't hurt. Is, but I mean, was it? What was the French part? Is it just cause just the pan, the on and off, the on and off uh, of the, of the heat? French onion. Yeah, dip. yeah. And also, here's a tip. <laughs> Put that salt in at the very last. You, you put some French fries in there. At the very end, you add your salt. Don't add your salt at the beginning because it uh, it toughens up the eggs. It makes the eggs a little more tough than they need to be. So okay. to recap, I know it's a delicate to recap, process. Yeah, let's go through this again. Uh, saucepan, <laughs> spatula, butter, eggs, constant motion, on the heat, off the heat, on the heat, off the heat, French onion dip, boom. Best scrambled eggs I've ever had. Put some sour cream and onion chips in there. If you like your scrambled eggs, crunchy. <laughs> uh, that's something I would do. That's, that's the problem. I watch Top Chef enough, and I'm like, oh, just improvise. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I'm sitting there, you know, pouring syrup on a pork chop like an <laughs> asshole. So <laughs> what, we're going to get a website eventually, and mm-hmm. these recipes should be up there. Yeah, definitely. And so that, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, we did. We talked about burgers last week, steak the week before. I, I gotta, we'll have a Boogie Monster cookbook. We should. I'm telling you, man. Somebody out there in the in television country, just listen. Ghost shows are boring and cheesy. Food shows are boring and cheesy. You let us go out there. We're cooking us food in a haunted place. I think it makes. I think it'd be fun. Oh, so we're cooking in the haunted house? Maybe that's what, cool. My, I mean, what? Yeah, what? What f- people are never messing with smells to antagonize these spirits. Ooh. What if? Oh, what haunted restaurants? Ooh, there just put. I'm, I'm I'm the idea man. You're the one who knows how to execute these recipes. I'm just big picture guy. Well, yeah. So there's uh, that's my food that's, tip for the week. That's a food tip. I mean, these plans. Hey, all these plans we're talking about, they're just in the future. Speaking of time travel, yes. How about that? Segway. That's, that's why you get paid the big bucks. That's, I mean, sometimes I scare myself with how <laughs> easy it comes. So this week we want to talk about time travel. And uh, as the as we started research, we realized there's a lot of science that we are not going to get to probably. Yeah, yeah I don't. Can, it's over my head. We can try, but I'm not going to get when like oh, because if the fabric folds on itself. 
I would literally need someone to physically hold a piece of fabric and explain it, and I still wouldn't get it. I'd just be like, ah, that's how I would just trick somebody into folding my sheets. Mm -hmm. I was like, can you explain time travel for me again? (laughs) No, use these five dress shirts (laughs) to explain it. Um, Where to begin? I don't know. Well, okay, first off, what I looked at, when you first search for it, there's like, oh, here's these photographs that prove time travel's real. All those pieces of shit mm-hmm. like that was here's an old-timey picture of somebody using an iphone and they explained easily that yeah. it's a, a horn to hear people that or makes total sense to the me. hipster in 1941 the picture that's what people look like in 1940 nobody now yeah. is dressing hipsters aren't dressing like something new they're dressing like old fucking hipsters like yeah that was the dumbest shit yeah i saw like can you believe it's like Fucking going to a punk concert and like, this guy's dressed like it's 1977. Is he a time travel? No. Nobody can think of anything new to do with that look. So that's why they're dressing yeah. the same way. The only photos that are really intriguing in, in relation to time travel are the ones with like celebrities and their doppelgangers from 100 years ago. Have you seen the Nick oh, Cage the Nick one? Nick Cage I mean, one. dude, the guy looks just like Nicolas Cage. How... I mean, he looks just like him. But I'm... How many... Like, think of how many people are on this earth... Mm-hmm. They're going to run out of just yeah. as far as the... I've thought of that. Two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. Yeah. There's only so much. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with the face. Just, I see people all the time where, like, you've... I can't articulate it. It was like, that guy's got the same look as the other guy I yeah, know. Genetically, as I get I get any bald guy with a beard. Mm-hmm. Like now there's some guy at a Mariners game and sitting behind a... Little girl who was adorably freaking out with a face full of cotton candy. <laughs> but I can admit the other guy behind him is a fair-haired guy with a big beard and a baseball hat on. And it's like the yeah. beard hides a lot. But it, there's only so much you can do with this Mr. Potato Head makeup that... <clears throat> Asian people think human. I'm Zach Galifianakis. Man, I got that in Korea. Mm-hmm. They all... Just the beard. Yeah. I, I was eating at a Thai restaurant a few years ago with our buddy Jared Harris... And we're leaving, and the owner comes up, and he speaks very poor English, so I couldn't quite understand. He kept saying something, and we're like, wait. We thought he thought we were skipping out on the check. And I was like, no, dude, we just we paid the check. Relax. <laughs> but he was excited, and he just kept saying, hangover, hangover, hey, yeah, hangover. Yeah. And then Jared goes, he thinks the hang – and Jared goes, hangover? He goes, mm-hmm. hangover. He's like, he thinks you're Zach Galifianakis. And I, and I went with it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm Zach Galifianakis. I got that in Korea. Yeah, hangover. <laughs> that, the beard and, and round eyes. And yeah. it's, because then you're hiding the other features of the face. That's what I got, too. Yeah. All right. I thought because I was doing shows, I'm like, oh, man, these people are really you – know, I don't want to underestimate my fan base. It's really getting out there. That's social media. It pays off because I'm here in Seoul, South Korea. And no, they all thought I was Galifianakis. Yeah. Which – lighten up, Asian people. <laughs> We when, don't all when, look alike. When we fuck it up, all yeah. right? Take a, take a break. <laughs> but yeah, so we that, make that mistake. That Nick Cage photo, though, I mean, that is creepy. I could see how somebody's and imagination would photographs run that, that have you know, limited capabilities of how crisp and clear they are. So, uh, yeah, I think that is going to happen more and more. Mm-hmm. That Okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, just Korea. There's a part where they, they call it it's like the Beverly Hills of Seoul. And everybody there gets... Not everybody, but there's so much plastic surgery, and they all get westernization <clears throat> surgery. Really, they get their eyes made, you know, r- wider. What do they look like? Lips for? Did you see? There's something online. If you look up, like Miss South Korea, uh, or 
contestants for Miss Universe from Miss South Korea or something. And they play them all in a gif over and over. Mm-hmm. And they all look exactly the same. I'm not trying to say like race. It's like, no, because you, they've clearly all had the same surgery to make the eyes rounder and the lips fuller. And they all whiten their skin. Like they couldn't believe when I was there, I was on the beach reading a book and they'd walk by and go, Oh, suntan. Cause they could, like they want to whiten their skin. They don't want their skin to be darker. Not, I'm saying they take it easy if anybody wants to fucking social justice this shit. Uh, I'm just saying in general, like the, the going through the surgery, and you walk around this area, and I'm sure it's the same. If somebody goes to Beverly Hills here, mm-hmm. and you see just blonde women, I see it in porn a lot. We're like, oh yeah, that just blonde fake boobs. Like you just got the package. Done. Yeah, yeah, you got that. The dumb lips. That Ugh. package. Who thought that was a good look? The collagen lips. Get out of here. That's disgusting. I, you know, I, I I I look at plastic surgery. The same, like, I, I have tattoos. I can't, if, if it makes you feel better what you're doing to your body, then by all means, go for it. If I, it's, I'm sure it does attract a certain type of man out there. Yeah, My thing, I remember, it just looks like some of them, they get, like, they cornered a closeted gay seventh grader. Like they heard a bully saying, "If you like fucking chicks, what 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 do you think is hot?" And they're like, "Um, uh, like big boobs and uh, big red lips and blonde hair. Oh, that's that's what's the hottest thing." Yeah, like they don't know, so they're saying the most obvious thing that yeah. would be construed as what a hot woman is, and then that's what women like. Give me what a gay teenager yeah. thought a woman should look like when they're about to get the shit beaten out of them in seventh grade. <laughs> but but if that if you walk out with confidence and you f- that's how you feel better. I, mean, I know friends who like most of their bodies are tattooed and this and that, and people look at them like they're freaks. It's like nah, if that's how you want to express yourself, man, it, it, it's not hurting me. Yeah, I don't have to understand. Of it course, to accept it. I mean, I get the trying to slow the aging process, but just adding a pair of Dumb, stupid-looking lips. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. All it right. doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> but so, we're talking about like how people want, look the same. Uh, how about that for you know in, in the future where people where that surgery will be all much more accessible, so everybody starts looking the same, and everybody like I can't tell pop stars apart because they're all kind of manufactured the mm-hmm. same way, whether plastic surgery or styling. <clears throat> so it's. We, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're bearded comics. We do look the same. Oh, yeah. Like in plaid shirts, bearded, overweight, <laughs> stand-up comics in plaid shirts talking about like, fucking eight stupid stuff. <laughs> we're doing that now. That's what we're doing now. What, what's wrong with that? Nothing. But I'm saying <laughs> can't outwardly criticize without looking at nah, yourself. No, I know. To each his own. But so, okay. So uh, those photographs... I don't think that proves any time travel. I think that all that is is mm-hmm. eventually there's going to be a couple snowflakes yeah. that are the same. Yeah. Well, okay, time travel in general. Up until recently, I, I've i started doing some research on it uh, maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. I got really into it. Prior to that, I just automatically kind of wrote it off as, as science fiction. You know, it's an interesting concept. And, of course, the move Back to the Future and some of the other movies yeah. that reference it, you know, it's a fascinating concept. But I just, 
it was always like that's clearly fiction. Like just no, you can't do that. Just mm-hmm. because I couldn't wrap my mind around how you would actually yeah, do that. The science of it is yeah. Like, wow, what? But I started doing. I can't a- believe a couple smart guys like us. <laughs> Couldn't understand the science of time travel. And I still don't – I'm not claiming to understand the actual science, even though we'll talk a little bit about the science of it here in a minute. But the <laughs> more the more research I do, <laughs> I mean, you can't deny that there are just dozens and dozens of stories throughout history to where uh, – again, referencing like Bigfoot, the whole – like are they all wrong? Are they all lying? Yeah. Are they all full of shit? There's a lot of – Experiences a lot of stories that people have you know passed on throughout time that like, well yeah that something happened there unless that guy's just completely full of shit. Well, and it's what we discussed before that perhaps aliens are not aliens; they're just future human beings. Yeah, with the, with the rate that technology is going, and maybe only at a certain point in the future do they understand the implications of not being. Found out, or maybe that's why you know military grabs them up right away. Mm-hmm. This can't get out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we just dig into it? Um, I think so. I, think I don't really know where to begin. I got a couple of bullet points here. I think we let down the listeners um, last week. But yeah. Promising a time. Maybe they've just time traveled to this episode. <laughs> they've skipped. So I don't weeks. know chronologically what's what's the best way to get into it, but I'll just throw this out. All right. I don't think it matters with time travel, Dave, because yeah. eventually time travel will be real. And you can dictate your own chronology. I think that made sense. I'll go with it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Did you know, Kyle? Probably not. Did you know? (laughs) You you had me at did you know. Um, I do that when people say, have you read that book? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is it about wrestling or Bigfoot? No, I ain't read it. That's my favorite tweet. I'm like, you had me at cheese, cheeseburger pizza. (laughs) Kyle, did you know that Hitler was working on a time machine? The Nazis were trying to develop one. I'm I'm hard-pressed to find a topic we don't talk about that somehow the Nazis weren't involved. Like, at this point, that was such an evil entity that you can put anything like, yeah, Hitler had a time machine, Bigfoot drove it, and they went (laughs) and they visited Elvis in the future. Yeah. And that's why he had the 68 comeback special. <laughs> well, Hitler and the Nazis either developed or were in the process of developing this thing called the Nazi Bell. And in German, they called it uh, Die Glock. Die Glock, uh, which, which translates to the bell. Outside of the killing Jews thing, mm-hmm. I think... <laughs> Think of like all these. I don't mean to laugh. These, at that. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just a funny thing to preface. But think of all the stuff they were supposed like that had to be like the neighbors, like the burnout neighbors' garage in the neighborhood that just had the coolest shit on. Like, oh man, is that a Corvette? Is that a Harley? Like none of it worked, but yeah. he just had a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Oh man, is that a Les Paul? Like. <laughs> That's what a Nazi garage sounds like. There's our time machine. It doesn't work. Here's the thing we used to summon the devil. Uh, Here's a couple of spaceships we tried to work on over here. Like, it sounds like they had the coolest shit all over the place, but none of it worked. It was just, it was like, it was like a dad that could just never finish the project. Like, I just got to go in the garage and tinker, all right? (laughs) 
Oh, man. All it right. used to be a, an art studio, <laughs> and then the whole thing happened. They developed this thing called Die Glocke, which translates into the bell, and uh, more commonly known as the Nazi bell. This thing, all right, I'll try to describe it, and you can Google it and, and get pictures of it, but it was about a 10 to 12-foot thing, like a machine, okay. and it basically consisted of two parts Two giant uh, cylinders, right. okay, uh, made of this extremely heavy metal, uh, just this really rare, extremely heavy metal um, that produced red mercury, okay. And the, and the concept was they'd get these this machine. Imagine like a I don't know, like a dreidel or something, but like that has two parts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's about sure. a tender twelve foot. They designed machine. it after a dreidel. Yeah, no, I'm just trying sure. to articulate the shape of it. <laughs> And uh, babe, it's the Jews, but keeps their toys. <laughs> that is how we time travel. The basic concept. Great. Accent. And again, we're about to get into the science of it that <laughs> is over my head. Yeah. But they, it was um, counter rotating cylinders. Okay. All right. So they had these counter rotating cylinders. They'd spin in opposite directions at just enormous rates of speed, and that generated this field of radioactivity. And they think that they got it going so fast that somehow. Uh, this radioactivity was enough to to warp electrogravitational fields, thus creating an opening in time. So that's the most basic way I can articulate their science behind Electro. I don't know what any of those words mean. Yeah, and I, like I always think I'm gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Like I always like, no, come on, man, you're not stupid. Yeah, but it's it's just. It's like watching pro athletes. Like, yeah, I'm not like watching the X Games, but I can ride a bike. <laughs> no, nah, man, not like that. So, and obviously, they were trying to develop this thing in in their for the purpose of warfare and going back in time and altering history and yeah. to their advantage and and whatever. But yeah, so they had this thing, the Nazi bell, and it it just rotated. And it got so fast, it did something to the electromagnetic fields, and they thought that it either did or could open Where's up. Where's the red mercury coming? Just, I, it was just something that was in there? Yeah, I don't so know. So that's the science part where yeah. we both admit that. Mm-hmm. Now, and, but, and of course, they had crazy the, – the, I mean, again, other than the killing Jews part, like some of those, <laughs> some of those German scientists were some of the most brilliant dudes in the world. I mean, it's when you have to go like, all right. Nutty people have extreme ideas, mm-hmm. good or bad. I yeah. think my neighbor is vacuuming. I hope <laughs> you can't hear that. Uh, we're we're in the annex and uh, upstairs neighbor. He's got a, a hairless cat. Really? That's you cool. I s- like hairless cats. Uh, I like all cats. I, he told me like I had to go in there once and like put the toilet bowl up so he, his cat could drink. And he didn't tell me it was a hairless cat. And then I saw it and I was like, oh. Oh, yeah! And it's, I never pet a hairless catch you cat off guard. before. Yeah, it's weird. It's got like a little, like little. <laughs> you just see its like crusty little butthole. Over. Like that put me off. I'm like, oh, this thing's adorable, and then it was just white, and you just see its dirty ass. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. <laughs> All right, but, the, okay, okay, yeah, I, yeah. They. I, All right, these uh, same Nazi scientists. Uh, some of these guys are the same ones that invented the V2 rocket, the first rocket ever to leave the Earth's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And they also were some of the same dudes that were working on the first atomic bomb. So, of course, a time machine just sounds unrealistic. I thought, were, I thought that was America was the first atomic bomb. No, some of these guys c- contributed to that. <clears throat> that That's a whole other story about how some after the war, oh, some yeah, of those they, German they scientists, got all the scientists. We yeah. recruited them. But anyway, my point is, 
these guys were working on rockets. They were working on atomic bombs. And, of course, a space, uh, a time machine sounds science fiction and unfathomable. But, yeah. again, so does if you'd have told somebody a hundred years ago that there's, we're going to build a rocket that's going to go to the moon. Well, that, yeah, that know? goes to one of the tenets of this podcast. Like, yeah, we don't know all the science, so why not uh, have an imagination? Yeah. Okay, and this is where it gets interesting. Okay. When did the war, World War II end? Uh, 1945? I think it's 45, 46, 40. I think 45. Right in there. We're bad. 20 stuff. years later. Okay, 20 years later. Have you heard of the... Um, Ah shit! Where'd it go? What's it called? The um, I feel bad. the Kecksburg Kecksburg UFO. What the fuck? Jeez, everything is that the cat? Honestly, it may change sizes. I don't, it looks like a thing that could become like morph into a different animal. <laughs> All right, twenty years after the war, roughly December nineteen sixty-five, this weird flying bell-shaped object was seen by thousands of people coming from the Michigan-Canada border. All That's right. where it was first spotted, and it flew all over Michigan and over Ohio, and then eventually crashed in Kettsburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. U.S. soldiers immediately arrived on the scene in a flatbed truck, scooped it up, put it on the truck, drove it away, told the witnesses on the scene, shut your mouth, you didn't see anything about this. <laughs> and people speculate that they took it to the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. All right, point being, a lot of the eyewitnesses – after the fact, after some research was done, they think that this whatever this this Kecksburg UFO yeah. that crashed, they say it looked just like Dick Locke, the Nazi Bell twenty years earlier. So there's speculation that they got that thing to work, and then twenty years later it came crashing out of the sky in America. This is where I'm going to put a whole <clears throat> all these just Ohioans happen to have. On, in their database of knowledge, good point. What a hidden Nazi time machine was look like. Good point. Hey, hey, you guys, look at that. Hey, remember twenty years ago? Stuff they probably haven't even showed us yet. Though the Nazis <laughs> had a time machine. Don't it look just like that? Like I, that's I'm, I got it. Like I think a lot of this was determined after the fact. After you know some research was done, they analyzing what they saw, and then they oh. This thing looks like that thing from 20 years ago. But yeah. anyway, that's one theory that maybe they did get this dick lock to work. Yeah. And maybe it skipped, you know, it disappeared for 20 years and then fell out of the sky. But something definitely crashed in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. And a lot of people think it looked like that dick lock. So anyway, that's one. Well, the military was following it already to pick it up right away. That's one of those things when they're there right away when it falls out of the sky. Like. This is ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's Hitler's contribution to time travel. Yeah. So, and there's many other stories. You want me to get into another one? This is an interesting like one. Hitler, Hitler is like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon for all <laughs> unexplained phenomena. You can always get back to Hitler somehow. Okay. Now, this next story is really interesting. All right. December 26, 1980. Bentwaters Air Force Base in the UK. It's an American, it's a U.S. Air Force Base stationed okay. in the UK. Um, security, security personnel detected on their radars that uh, there was some sort of craft that may have crashed a few miles away. So the Air Force Base sends out uh, two guys, uh, Jim Penniston, and it's spelled Peniston, which is pretty funny, Jim Penniston and John Burroughs. There were these two U.S. airmen. They went out to investigate 
and they discovered a large triangular aircraft on the ground. Okay. They, they didn't know if it had technically crashed or whatever, but it was a grounded, yeah. triangular, unknown mm-hmm. aircraft. All right, and both these guys are still alive, and they've done yeah. interviews and their stories. They'll they'll tell you about it. All right, Peniston walks up and he touches the aircraft with his hand, uh-huh. and his account is when he touched this aircraft, his body froze. It like literally froze him, stunned him, yeah. shocked him, froze him. Okay, All he right. was paralyzed for a few minutes, and during this time, and these are this is his story. That somehow this aircraft beamed a series of codes into his brain mm-hmm. telepathically. That he's frozen for a minute or two. He's, he's conscious, but he, he's paralyzed. And this series of binary codes are beamed into his brain. Yeah. Okay. Um, he then later, after the fact, wrote... I, this is where... I do kind of question. He somehow remembered all of that code and yeah. wrote it down in a notebook. And the or, like binary code or it's zero and one. Yeah, it's zero and one. So yeah, you, you know how he remembered which order they all came in. But anyway, so after that, he wrote. He scribbled down the codes that was beamed into his brain, and then deciphered them. And this is what he deciphered: these codes. <laughs> they. This is what it said: exploration. <laughs> crummy commercial (laughs) exploration of humanity was one sentence yeah then it had a uh a couple of um latitude and longitude sequence of uh the coordinates there of latitude and longitude and i'll tell you what they were in a minute then the next sentence was for planetary advance and then the last thing the little postscript it said uh date of origin 8100 so that's okay. the binary code that was was beamed into his brain. The latitude and longitude, uh, I don't have the exact coordinates, but uh, they line up with this uh, forgotten island off the coast of Ireland called High Brazil. It's kind of this lost, abandoned little island yeah. off of Ireland called High Brazil. And apparently there's some folklore and mythology about this island, High Brazil, uh, to where maybe an ancient, advanced civilization used to occupy this island. And I think today even there's still some weird architecture there, and there's all this mythology about just this weird, advanced society of, of people that lived on this island. So the speculation being, you know, these time travelers from 8100 may have set up shop there in high Brazil. Well, and that's going back to it being humans... I always wonder, you know, the golden record that was shot out on, uh, again, facts that escape me. I wish I remembered things, but if it was on the Apollo satellites. God damn it. Something we shot into space. Mm-hmm. And they put a placard on it to explain, try to, trying to explain what Earth is. Uh-huh. Like to a to male, who- male shape and a human shape and then the golden record on it, which... Explains yes. it hello in every different language. Yes, and so it almost seems like that's kind of how what's being communicated to this guy by touching it, mm-hmm. just through a different. Uh, what did it say again? What were the, what were the things he thought it said? All right, exploration of humanity. Then it had the latitude and longitude coordinates. Then the next thing was for planetary advance, and then the last thing was date of origin eighty one hundred. Yeah. 
But then that's even saying, like, who knows what that date is. Uh, if that's on a, a timeline. Almost because I'm thinking, like, if you're thinking aliens, like, the, they don't have like, the Christian. Like, there's no guaranteeing they are using the Christian year uh, to, to dictate what time. Well, I how think that's the how point. they're even using the idea of time. I think that's the point that they're not aliens, that they're Earthlings yeah. from 6,000 years in the future. And that binary code is still the hopefully the one language that can be deciphered amongst whatever language mm-hmm. and land. The other interesting story <laughs> that's, that's about just, that night. Go ahead. Yeah, no, okay. more, I don't have um, his partner, John Burroughs, okay, like I said, they both went out to investigate this thing. Yes. Jim Penniston is the one who touched it and had the code beamed John into Burroughs his brain. John to uh, <laughs> produce Cheers. John Burroughs, um, he claims that he never saw Penniston touch the thing, and he yeah. never saw the thing fly. Or no, he never saw him touch the thing. He just arrived and then saw it fly away. But then when they got back to the Air Force Base that night, yeah. uh, apparently everybody – at that Air Force base, all the soldiers had identical wristwatches, and they were all synchronized perfectly to the second. Yeah. So, obviously, everybody would be on the same page. Mm-hmm. By the way, a lot of people don't understand military time. What's the 2100? That way, yeah. that way if you're going to bomb somebody, there's absolutely no uh, mistake in <laughs> AM or PM. You meant PM? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm always amazed that people can't figure that out. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jim and John's wristwatches originally were synchronized to the second, when they yeah. got back to the Air Force Base, they were 45 minutes off. Both uh, of theirs. Penniston's was 45 minutes behind Burroughs. So they think that Penniston experienced some sort of time loop. So they, they can't explain that, that somehow that the wristwatches were no longer synced. Like, is, is that where... I mean, people talk about deja vu and what causes that. Yeah, and sometimes you get that's a whole other episode. That, is that like a scratched record thing of going through life and all of a sudden, bloop, just blip back into another part that you've experienced already? Man, deja vu it's is a, fascinating. It's a very convincing feeling you can have, and I'll have it. I went, oh, one dopey buddy I used to hang out with. Was like, Man, I've been getting deja vu like all the time lately. It's like it's just because you keep doing the same shit. And you're dumb. <laughs> but where you have it, where it's not just. Have you ever had it where it's not even just a moment? It's like 20 minutes of sitting there going, I've definitely done all this before. Yeah. But you yeah. can't predict what's going to happen. But yeah. when something happens, like, yep, that was what was supposed to happen. Yeah. So that, okay. So how do you explain that? And again, these aren't some backwoods hillbillies in a trailer park high on meth who think they saw the Bigfoot. That's the thing. Everybody thinks that anybody who's ever seen Bigfoot or UFO is just some idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, these are these are United States airmen. You would think that yeah. you know they're intelligent, valid, well, credible dudes. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, normally, I'm just but but the thing is with military people when they come out, I think that is more believable because there's more of a risk of ostracism uh, being, mm-hmm. being left out. And uh, you know, being being embarrassed by other military people mm-hmm. by saying, "Oh, this kook and stuff." Yeah, but there's proof that the military is MK Ultra and all these experiments that they've done. So why wouldn't just like the Nazis? Why wouldn't all this stuff be tied back to somehow trying to militarize it, try, mm-hmm. somehow trying to make it uh, a weapon? Yeah. My thing with time travel, like, I don't. I feel like anybody, if it did exist, that ethically you would have to realize 
that going back could ruin things. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a very that, back we should have started with that. Thing. The butterfly effect and all that. Yeah, so ethically, you, you couldn't go back and do it. I think maybe time travel can exist, but only forward. Okay. Like, we can't go back in time. Like uh-huh. That maybe doesn't exist to go back to a previous time and visit people are still alive. That, but you can skip ahead. Like, you can skip over what's coming up. You know, it's almost like a... I don't know, say like a tape or something. That, mm-hmm. that, as our lives, as our time frame is this piece of tape continuing, like an audio tape, it disintegrates once it passes the little pad that says play. Uh-huh. And that's where we're at right now. So everything that's passed, it's disintegrated. That isn't there anymore. But you can skip ahead on the tape. Uh-huh. You can somehow move forward. I think maybe that's the possibility. And also, that would explain why, okay, nobody's come back and visited us or anything, but maybe they have sent people off. Into the future that are just out there now going, oh, oh, shit, all right. I mean, based on that logic, though, who's to say that they could come back, but since they are coming back, their history has already happened, therefore there's no threat of altering it? Like if a dude from the year 8000 comes back here, if he started in the year eight thousand, then obviously. But the, uh, somebody from eight thousand comes back with the like iPhone a thousand and six that just came out mm-hmm. and says, "Look what can happen in the future." And then people see that, and military people now see it, and they're like, "Oh, give us that!" And we figure out how to militarize the new iPhone that came out in the year eight thousand. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Like that's the ethical part. Like, okay. If you came back, it could just destroy humanity mm-hmm. in the most paranoid sense of it. Yeah. Or. If there's some sort of protocol put into place that the only way you can go back, it's like some like not be easily like like but like doctors like do no harm. Maybe time travelers are are a special division Mm -hmm. of the military that can only be like you only go back to advanced civilization if it gets stuck. Mm -hmm. You can only go back, and then that's when you drop off some piece of technology or something that can be like all right plant a seed the world will do what it will with that seed mm-hmm. but it needs to get unstuck maybe that's how all technological advancements yeah have. i mean but that's the weird time travel loop then well if they didn't how would they get to that if mm-hmm. they didn't how would you invent time travel if somebody from the future didn't come back and tell you how to invent time travel mm-hmm. you know as We're a, not smart enough for this, Dave. What? As a real basic... Ghosts are fun, because it's like, yeah, spooky, <laughs> wow. But this, we're, uh, we're not bright. <laughs> to boil it down in its simplest Teach state... Teach them how to make eggs again, Dave. That one, you came out looking real sharp on that. <laughs> Think of it this way, all right? And this may be naive, but <sighs> we're sitting here in the year... What are you? 2016. Yeah. Trying to wrap our heads around the concept of time travel. Okay. Yeah. What if in the year 8100, time travel is like just old hat? Just, oh, yeah, everybody can do that, idiot. You know, maybe their technology 6,000 years from now, and one would think possibly, is just so advanced from where it is now that, yeah, we're operating in 2016 based on what we know to be true and our experiences of mankind. And like, well, I, we've never done that, and how would you do that? But maybe 6,000 years from now, they're like, oh, yeah, we, got, we figured that shit out 4,000 years ago. But that's – no, that's how I 
feel about like that's the explanation for all this stuff lies in the future because one of the, but of all those concepts, time travel as the one thing that could end up. This is all informed by the Terminator and Back to the Future, but that is the one thing that could dist- if fucked with can destroy it. Like we could have never predicted iPhones, but exactly the iPhone is a horrible example of the future we live in now but that's not gonna somebody speaking of back to the future real quick if somebody just told you if somebody just told you what was gonna happen in the future Uh but never showed you and that's it you'd be like wow okay you're either a nut or that's gonna be cool when we get to it Mm -hmm. but if somebody came back from then Mm -hmm. With the technology now, and altered the course of how we got to that technology. It is back to the future. It is like you can't go back and fuck your mom. Like that will ruin things. Mm-hmm. That's the that 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 is a pretty to me in my simple mind is a fail safe argument of why you can't go back in time and alter things. Like basically, he went back and screwed up his parents' marriage, and then he would never exist. And then if he never existed, then not, like. That's what would happen. You'd go back and fuck with things that would never exist. If you went back in time and <clears throat> killed baby Hitler, then what if World War II ne- never happened? Well, would we have the same advancements that we have in technology? War always pushes technology forward. It mm-hmm. always pushes it forward. So would we have never had that without war? We're not pushing technology forward. Maybe they're coming back making more wars because it's the only way to get to the technology mm-hmm. in the future. But if they know that, they wouldn't have to come back and fuck with it because mm-hmm. they got there already. Yeah. Like, up until the point before time travel exists, they got there without time travel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Up until the day we're like, oh, we figured out time travel. So if they go back and alter anything, anything at all in the past, they might not never get to that point and they would cease to exist. But maybe that's the new astronaut in the future or mm-hmm. time travelers going, yeah, I'm going to risk my life. I'll probably never come back. Like, like the Mars missions they're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm probably not coming back, but we need somebody to go back and yeah. tinker with it. I mean... That all made sense in my head. Yeah, I don't no, know if it came out. The whole concept is so trippy that it's it's really hard to grasp mentally, especially when you're working with what we're working with Yeah, mentally. You'd think between the two of us we could have figured it out. Mm. All right, I got another story for you. Okay. You ever heard of Sir Victor Goddard? This sounds, a, sounds like a poet. It's a good one. Okay. All right. Sir Victor Goddard, he was a senior commander in the Royal Air Force during WW2. All right. He flew, he flew planes, decorated. Decorated planes? Decorated pilot. Yeah, he decorated planes. <laughs> All right. 1935, Mr. Goddard is flying from Andover, England to Edinburgh, Scotland. He passes over a dilapidated airfield near Drem, Scotland. Is it Drem or Drem? D-R-E-M. Drem, Scotland. I don't know what they're doing out there. He, he's flying his plane. He passes over this dilapidated airfield in Drem, Scotland, looks down, notices that it's just dilapidated. It's, it's out of date. It's not functional. It's grown over with foliage. There's cattle everywhere. But he can tell, oh, yeah, 20, 30 years ago, that used to be an airfield. Okay. All right. So he goes to Scotland. A few days later, he's going to return 
to Andover, England. He takes the exact same route that he took to get there, and he passes. And he's starting to approach um, Drim, Scotland again. Yeah, and he gets caught in this violent storm, just crazy torrential downpours, wind, turbulence, and uh, notices that all the clouds are this really. A bizarre golden yellow. He's never experienced these golden yellow clouds before. And in the middle of this, he loses control of his plane, yeah. and he starts to, to go down, and he damn near crashes his plane. Well, kind of last second, he, he regains control, and these, uh, these, these yellow clouds, they part, and then now automatically it's uh, good weather again. He's back, right. back to normal weather. He looks down. And he's over that same airfield, except this time, it's it's functioning. He looks down. He notices that it's the same airfield that he saw a few days earlier, but it's occupied. There's mechanics down there. There's four airplanes. Yeah. It looks brand new. Three or four days ago, it looked like an old dilapidated airfield. Now he notices it looks brand new, and there's four airplanes there, one of which he couldn't identify. He had no idea what type yeah. of airplane that was. And he noticed that the mechanics down there on the ground working on these planes, they were wearing blue overalls, all right? And the significance of that is, at the time, all the mechanics in the Royal Air Force, they wore standard-issue brown overalls. They ain't even invented the color blue yet. <laughs> exactly. But he knew that, you know, at the time, all the mechanics in the right. Royal Air Force wore um, brown overalls, but he notices these, these guys down here working on with, with blue overalls working on these brand-new planes, one of which he had no idea, couldn't identify, and this is a decorated yeah. pilot. All right? He, he Later, he lands the plane. He tells his buddies back at the, uh, the Air Force Base what he saw. They all think he's crazy. All right? Again, this is 1935. Uh, four years later, 1939, um, the Royal Air Force, they begin – oh, by the way, the planes he saw were all yellow. Okay? The, the four planes he saw were all yellow, okay. which was – uh, not the norm at the time. Four years later, 1939, Royal Air Force then begins to paint all their planes yellow, and the mechanics switch over to blue overalls. So he feels okay. that he somehow s was in a time slip and, and went into the future at least four years, if not more. It couldn't just be like the, that was the first place they tried doing that? I mean... Obviously, there there could be many explanations, but one how do you how do you explain the fact that it's the same air force the same airfield that he saw a few days earlier, and now it's functioning and it's brand new and there's no overgrown foliage the the, cow, the cows are gone and there's planes and dudes and mechanics down there. Well, I 1935. What was that? Still World War Two for. Great Britain, were they involved in it at that point? I don't think so. I, I don't think it started we till... We are going to have to get smarter I think it's we start talking about history. 39 or 40, I think, is when that started. So it wasn't some sort of case where, you know, they would hide bases and stuff and camouflage them. And in this particular case, it was... I'm just... I, yeah, yeah i got to poke holes in it, but... I, yeah. And again, this is a credible dude. This isn't some Yahoo on peyote. <laughs> I think anybody who was flying airplanes in 1935 was a bit of a Yahoo. Well, yeah. Yeah, that did. That would have taken some balls back then. So yellow planes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it. That, oh, that British way of doing it. We, well, they should see us. Oh, that backfired. <laughs> I, 
This one, I think. Hmm. I I I think the implications like that now that's not even time travel. Well, it is. It's like accidental time travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, that's where the science of like some tear in the fabric. It's mm-hmm. always the fabric. They always use the fabric metaphor, <laughs> and I try to I try to understand it, mm-hmm. and I just ugh. I think this one's I think this one's got too much science. Yeah. What era of time would you travel to? That's a great question that everybody asks. And that's the old <laughs> hack comedian premise. Go back and kill Hitler. Yeah, um, yeah but man, you, if, you wouldn't have time travel. <laughs> what if that's true and hit the Nazis invented time travel and then you'd want to go back and kill him, but that was his guarantee and he's still alive today? And he's like, yeah, I'm still Hitler. You didn't get me. And you want to go back and kill me? Mm-hmm. Well, then you won't have time travel. So <laughs> fucking insurance plan. Man, I'd like to go back to like early man. I think that'd be fascinating. Yeah? Just like how many, what, what's that, five, six hundred years ago? You can just go uh, on a hike and eat some ribs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know what. You can kind of replicate these feelings. Dinosaurs, I bet. Dinosaurs. Well, that's another subject we can get mm-hmm. to. Is still, ex- I feel like if, why, I'm sure if you're going to believe in Bigfoot, why not believe some other giant reptiles can oh, exist out in absolutely. the undocumented rainforest? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I've always loved natural history, like the concept of. And this is why I like going hiking sometimes and going way out into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of looking at a mountain or looking at a lake or whatever, and knowing. That it's a million bad. years ago, this looked the exact same, for the most part. There's, Give or take a few trees. Go see, I mean, just seeing the redwoods and sequoias mm-hmm. and knowing like the, the trees that can be 600 years old. A yeah. tree. Yeah. Something you it's take crazy. for granted in a city where like, oh, they cut down that tree. That's 600 a years That tree old. was there when I was a little kid. It was a sapling. 600-year-old trees. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel the exact same way. If you drive out uh, towards the Vasquez Rocks off the five, uh-huh. that's where they shoot like Star Trek. It's the big, they come out diagonally at like a 45 degree angle out of the ground. Where? Up north on the five? It's up north on the five. How far up? It's not far. It's not far. It's like if you get by Panorama City or something like Simi Valley. Oh, that close. It's like Simi Valley, yes. Maybe 45 minutes an hour out of town. But that's that you can clearly see why they use that as yeah. a movie setting because it looks mm-hmm. like oh this is the land before time type shit. Yeah. This is jagged rocks coming out from when the Earth's crust shifted and mm-hmm. pushed them out. I yeah I agree entirely. It's nice to be able to see meditate on the, on the fact. Yeah, with all the sprawl and all the technology that just the modernization now with development and stuff like it's nice to look at something that probably hasn't changed and realize how minuscule you and your problems are yeah by going i'm going to go away i'm going to feed some worms Mm -hmm. this will look like this hopefully yeah Yeah. in another two thousand years where uh where where would you go when when would you go oh man i'm so (laughs) self-centered i still think like 1993 was real fun like i would just go back and do the same stuff. Go back to high school and hook up with it chicks. It was like I know can't what even, I know my now. imagination doesn't even allow me. Like, what about all this? Clearly, I don't know my dates in history, and this would be a wonderful time to experience. Like, I was pretty, like, I was pretty having a lot of fun in 1993 with a little bit of knowledge now. I'd be like, yeah, I go. 
I have more fun. I wouldn't be so scared of getting laid. I'd be like, yeah, you can do that. It's all right, man. <laughs> Jesus ain't going to hurt you. Go on and have some sex in high school, buddy. Jesus ain't going to hurt you. Oh, man. I don't know, man. It's crazy, man. It's fast. There's so many other uh, stories. Might, this, I, I don't this have might be a, a subject to revisit. Oh, definitely. I, I don't. I mean, we could do ten episodes <laughs> the on this. Third episode. I don't know if last week's counts because we really <laughs> we uh, we beefed that one. I mean, let me just throw out a couple things. I won't go into great detail about them, but if if people want to research this stuff themselves, mm-hmm. um, the Chinese Swiss watch. I'm totally <laughs> speaking like out of my ass right move. now because I don't remember the facts, <laughs> but I just know that this is a thing. It's my birthday. She gave me the Chinese swish. swish ah, fucking that Yeah, and I apologize. You look it up, um, but short story, they unearthed, a, they opened a tomb, some Chinese tomb yeah. that was supposed to be from like whatever the early Chinese civilization that era was. <laughs> What is that? Uh, the Ming Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Ming Dynasty. <laughs> Don't look at me like they opened for the confirmation. They opened a tomb, and they were pretty certain, these archaeologists were pretty certain that they were the first ones to open this tomb yeah. in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They found a tiny little wristwatch, a little miniature. It, it looked like a ring that you could put on your finger, but yeah. it was technically a watch. And they were like, what the hell is this thing? So that's something interesting. Um, there's this guy named uh, Rudolph. <laughs> the short versions of these stories yeah. are great. Yeah. And they were like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah, they they anyway, were like, yeah, it's just not my watch. So another time a guy went into a Panda Express, but uh, they, they, were, <laughs> they were serving cheese. You don't get cheese on Chinese food. There's a guy named Rudolph Fence, F-E-N-Z. Old Rudy Fence. Late 1800s, he went missing. Yeah. So I think he was about 30 years old. Just went missing, late 1800s. In 1951, in Times Square in Manhattan, some poor dude walks out in front of traffic, gets hit by a car, gets killed. The cops show up. They start digging through his pockets, and they find all this, all these artifacts and weird little mementos from 70, 80 years ago. Yeah. Weird little tokens, uh, past like personal effects, like uh, some sort of ID, and uh, they're pretty sure that it's this Rudolph Fence guy. They they did some research and figured out like, oh wait, this this Rudolph Fence guy, whoever this guy is, he went missing seventy years ago. But the guy who got hit and killed in nineteen fifty one wasn't a ninety year old dude, like a thirty forty year old dude. And he just had so, the effects of that guy on him. They think maybe that that dude was a time traveler. Oh, this is interesting. I don't have enough time to talk about this. It's a guy named uh, Andrew Basiago. Uh, he's an attorney out of uh, Seattle, Washington, up in that area. Uh, still not clear. He he was involved in the Pegasus Project, which is uh, the thing, again, mm-hmm. <laughs> real minimal facts here. Look him up. All right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look up Andrew Basiago. Maybe this we dude, talk about this stuff on the next time travel. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll go into great detail. But uh, this dude claims to be a time traveler. He's part of some uh, government uh, project. Says he's been to Mars. Says he's... He, Time traveled a million years ago. Uh, claims he was in a photograph taken at the Gettysburg Address. This guy sounds like kind of a. And he was running for president this year. So look this, up Andrew Basiago. This guy kind of sounds like. A... <laughs> I mean, there's just sounds like Forrest Gump. Case after case after <laughs> time case. traveling Forrest yeah. Gump. He's Zelig. Uh, man, there's so. And then earlier we we're talking about the photos and stuff and. Most of those photographs can be easily debunked, but there are a few. Yeah. Uh, for example, 
1992, Mike Tyson's having a big fight. Uh, 92 or maybe it's 95. 95. Oh, you telling me about this one yeah, before. Yeah, I forgot who he's. Uh, Peter McNeely, the white dude. I think it was the first fight Tyson had after he got out of prison. Um, he fought this goofy white dude from New Jersey, Peter McNeil and McNeely just beat the shit out of him in like 30 seconds. But anyway, there's a snapshot. There's a photograph of that fight. And like in the third or fourth row, there's a, there's a guy holding up what looks like a modern day iPhone or at the very least some sort of camera phone. Okay. I remember seeing that. And this is in 1995, 95 years before there was any cell phone that could take a picture. I'm pretty sure. And, was it? Uh, I think so. I don't think I don't. I mean, cell cell phones were barely available back then. And when I was in high school, people had mobile phones, but they had remember they were in a bag, had like a little tote bag, but because it had the battery. But it looks like a modern day iPhone, and the guy's holding up, taking a picture. It's like in third or fourth row. You can look that up, and so you know that's again, it could be a pack of cigarettes for all we know, but it kind of looks like an iPhone. I'll I'll visit that one. Mm-hmm. I think this might we might have another episode here. Mm-hmm. We might have. Oh, it. I definitely. Think we should wrap it up now. Yeah. Uh, figuring that this is going to come out on the twentieth. There you go. Oh, had to have at least one in there. Yeah. Well, you'll be in the midst of your tour on the twentieth. Yeah. You'll be in the middle, so catch Dave on the road there. Dates at Dave Stone Stand Up Stand Up dot com. Yeah. And uh, just harass him or what have you. I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be at the uh, that upcoming weekend or the October first. I'll be at Ramshead Live in Baltimore, and October second, I'll be at the Trocadero in Philadelphia. When's your uh, rock and roll tour start? That's coming out. I'm going out with the Falcons starting on the twenty. This fucking phone didn't update. Um, it should be in there. That's it. That's in November. That's coming out cool. in November. Uh, and then, yeah, the, hit us up. Thanks for letting us know on this stuff. And, uh, oh, yeah, Comedian of the Week. Yeah, yeah. Comic of the Week this week. One of my favorite comedians. Dave's, uh, performed with him last night and the night before, Dave Waite. Dave Waite. W-A-I-T-E. Yes, look him up. He's got at least two albums, maybe more. Pretty sure one of them's called Hot Doggin'. I think he's got one called Kaboom. I, that's believable because I think he just said both those things apropos of nothing on stage. It's he's like so you're funny. not watching. It's like somebody wandered on stage that mm-hmm. you're so happy because you've just been watching a comedy show and you're sick of comedy. But yeah. this guy's not a comedian. He's up there like, what? Hey, wait, right. What y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, how'd you guys get here? Y'all want to listen to me talk? All right. Yeah, he's like, always seems real surprised. <laughs> That he's been put on stage, oh. but then is immediately like, "All right, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll all get into this." Then Dave is great. He's he's been trucking along for years now. I think he started in Cincinnati. Uh, he's one of yeah. those Cincinnati guys. They produced a bunch of great comics in that area. The Dayton, Ohio slash Cincinnati, Ohio. My buddy Ryan Singer's from there. Singer, Jeff, D- Jeff Tate, Tate Dave uh, Waite, Josh Snead. Butcher. Yeah, so many folks out of that scene. And uh, normally I wouldn't do somebody's joke, but this is a really old joke, and I know he wouldn't mind me spoiling it. I gotta, I gotta do his you're joke. You're giving him credit. You're giving him a taste. You're giving I gotta him a sample plan. Yeah, I don't want to. Usually, you don't want to spoil it in case somebody goes to see him yeah, and they're it's like, one joke. What? Literally, top ten favorite jokes of all time. <laughs> Dave, wait. All right, I'll do. It. I can't mimic him too well. You do. Go. He goes, ah, watching Maury Povich the other day. They're like, is it a guy or is it a gal? I'm like, who cares? These chicks are hot. <laughs> one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. I love well done dumb. 
And if if you know Dave Wait, how that comes out is just so like, ah, who what? cares? These chicks are hot. He's really he's really just delighted to be alive. It seems like. Yeah, and he's doing. He's in the middle of some new revitalization project. He's trying to. I don't oh, really? know. Yeah, he's on on Twitter and stuff. He's it's the year of Dave. He's trying to improve his life. Hey, hey, what should I do this week? Uh, stop eating meat or uh, stop jacking off? I don't know. <laughs> Help me out. What do, what do you think? I mean, just always throwing like uh, little questions out there of how uh, he should improve his life. But uh, what a jolly dude! So look up get, Dave Wait. He's 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 a, he's a road dog too. So he's yeah. probably coming through oh, somewhere. Yeah, he's always out. Go there. find old Dave Wait on okay. the comedy circuit. Um, all right. Well, that was that was good. I, I hope uh, if, if the listeners were up. Upset with last week's uh, speaking of which episode. <laughs> uh, I had fun. Yeah, I I mean, we definitely got to revisit this. There, there's, and let's make that clear. Like, just because we do one episode on this topic, I mean, I, there's yeah, a lot more to get into. We're not. Uh, no, nothing about this should ever seem professional. So that's only putting expectations out there of like, yeah. I can't believe this one dipped in quality. Yeah. Always set the bar low and then let people be pleasantly surprised. I've yeah. staked my career on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then hit us up on uh, on all the medias. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, if we haven't responded or anything yet, don't worry. We're reading them and yeah. we appreciate it. And uh, all right, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. See you later. The Boogie Monster. Boogie Monster.